Well, hey there. I hope everyone is doing well in 2020 so far. This is your host, T-Rav. Today, I'm man in the cockpit all by myself, and I want to wrap up Season 2 of Splice by talking about something that humans really excel at, and why we need to start down a different path. I'll finish on a more positive and optimistic outlook that I would like others to share in with me for the next year and beyond. Okay, so I want to start with a short story. In February of 2019, so just this past year, I was fortunate enough to be able to go to Kona, Hawaii, which is on the big island of the Hawaiian island chain. This trip was mainly about scuba diving, but on one of the days we all went on a driving tour around the whole island. We had an awesome tour guide named Drew, who told us a lot of stories slash folk tales that were a big part of Hawaii's history. So of course we learned about how Captain Cook found the island, and how he wore out his welcome with the locals. But the story that I enjoyed the most was the story about the Hawaiian goddess Pele. Pele is the goddess of volcanoes and fire. It is said that she resides within Kilauea on the Big Island, which is the mouth of an active volcano, coincidentally enough. In the folklore, Pele travels through the Hawaiian Islands appearing from time to time as a beautiful woman, or as an old woman with white hair, who is sometimes accompanied by a white dog. And now for me to start making my point. The part of Pele's story that really stuck with me is that one of Pele's titles was Pele the Destroyer, due to the volcanic eruptions that she sent forth when she was angered. But she wasn't just someone who destroyed things. I mentioned earlier that she sometimes appeared as an old woman with white hair. In the stories, she does this as a way to test if human beings will be nice to her. If they are nice, she rewards them. So she is a little more multidimensional than the volcanic eruptions would lead us to believe. Something that was also in the story was the fact that new life arose after the lava Pele sent forth had cooled. So Pele the Destroyer also sometimes moonlighted as more of a Pele the Creator, quote-unquote. I just couldn't help but relate the duality of Pele the Goddess to the duality of human nature. Throughout recorded history, human beings have excelled at destroying things. Or another way to say it would be, we excel in the art of destruction. You don't need to dig very far to find examples of this. I mean, I would be here for the next month just talking about all the examples of humans being destructive. Just think about how we've treated animals, specifically wolves in the United States. There was a time where people saw wolves eating majestic animals like elk and bison and thought that they were some devilish creatures that deserved complete and total annihilation. If you just look at our national parks, for instance, by 1926, wolves had been completely exterminated in the Grand Canyon, Crater Lake, Death Valley, Grand Tetons, Mount Rainier, Olympic, Rocky Mountain, Yellowstone, to the point that the last place that they existed in the United States was Alaska. And let's just call this example human beings going to about 90% of their destructive power. What about when they go to 100%? 
as they did with the extinction of the Carolina parakeet. This is something that I really didn't know very much about until I started doing research for this episode. A study reported in Current Biology found that the sudden extinction of the Carolina parakeet was solely due to humans. Really, it was a combination of things. Farmers shooting them due to thinking that they were pests, people shooting them for their colorful feathers so they could be used in hats, and humans cutting down forests to make room for farmland, which destroyed the Carolina parakeet's native habitat, which was the only parrot native to the eastern part of the United States. But it's not just our poor treatment of animals. Beyond it lies our scorched earth tendencies, sometimes literally, that lead to destroying our environment. A couple examples I can name offhand. One I just mentioned, cutting down forests for farmland and for development here in the United States. And another being people purposely setting fires in the Amazon rainforest to clear land. In the last 50 years alone, National Geographic has estimated that 17% of the Amazon rainforest has been lost. The sad thing is is that these things are driven by humans putting their needs above the needs of every other species, and also by greed. The previous examples are about how humans negatively affect other species, but what about how we treat other humans? And I want to illustrate this by giving a short example. So let's say that you own your own house. Someone else comes up to your house, decides they like it, and tries to take it from you. You resist, and then they hold you at gunpoint until they take it or they kill you. Sound familiar? Because that's exactly what American colonists did to the Native Americans back in the 17 and 1800s. I mean, just stop to consider if someone held you at gunpoint and told you to leave your home. How would that make you feel? Really, the Native Americans were the first ones here and yet no one cared because they were the outsiders who sounded and looked a little different. But it's not just the American colonists who treated Native Americans poorly. Ever heard of Hernan Cortez or Francisco Pizarro? But I suppose those are topics for another podcast. Let's switch our gaze to another continent. How many Africans were enslaved and brought to the Americas for forced labor? You might say that's morally wrong, but nothing got destroyed. I would argue that the elimination of personal liberty counts as destruction. Another very prominent example that comes to mind is how polarized everything is these days. We've done a good job of almost eliminating bipartisanship entirely. We tend to surround ourselves with people who agree with us, and that's about it. Some of us just go into our echo chambers and don't take the time to try to think about things from another perspective. Just think about the United States government right now. Democrats won't work with Republicans, and vice versa. I realize it's a little more complicated than that, but still, you can't tell me that very much is getting done. One could argue that even empathy is being chipped away at. I've heard one too many people state that if something is affecting someone who doesn't look like them or doesn't share the same beliefs, that they just don't care. The not-my-problem mentality. And I think it's just terrible. Although I suppose that it's human nature, or maybe a better way to say it would be to say that it's a natural human reaction to be closed-minded and reject things that we hear that are different from what we believe. This fact was explained by someone who came to my work to speak about the importance of diversity and inclusion. His name was Steve Robbins, and he has a PhD in cognitive neuroscience. I don't want to talk too much about this since it will be a topic of a future episode. 
but I will summarize it as this. And full disclosure, this is me paraphrasing it. He says that for the world to be a more tolerant place, when presented with information that is different or is something we don't agree with, that we ask, what if? Meaning, what if this piece of information that is different to me is true? Instead of dismissing it out of hand and rejecting it. And now I want to shift gears a little bit. I realize that I'm being a little bit more doom and gloom than what I would like to be. In doing research for this episode, I found a quote that I thought was very powerful. The quote is from Wallace Stegner, who was an American novelist, environmentalist, and historian. I first heard this quote when I was listening to the documentary series on the National Parks by Ken Burns, and the quote goes like this. Sometimes we have withheld our power to destroy, and have left a threatened species like the buffalo and a threatened beauty spot like Yosemite or Yellowstone or Dinosaur, scrupulously alone. We are the most dangerous species of life on the planet, and every other species, even the Earth itself, has caused to fear our power to exterminate. But we are also the only species which, when it chooses to do so, will go to great effort to save what it might destroy. I want to use this quote as a segue to talking about the other side of humans. Humans are also good at creating things, and I think that is something that we all need to be better at going forward. There's already a lot of great examples of this. All of the great work that has been done to eliminate deadly diseases and ongoing research to cure cancer, animal conservation efforts across the globe, and just within the past month, a bunch of innocent bystanders helped save a woman who was trapped under a car in New York City. These few things don't even begin to scratch the surface. There's also the good being done for the environment, like the Ocean Cleanup Initiative, led by Boyan Slat, who is a Danish entrepreneur. You may have heard about his first attempt to clean up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch failing. He didn't let this stop him, though, and the second attempt succeeded in proving the concept that it could be achieved. Even though protecting the environment is the thing I am most passionate about, it's not just about the environment. Make it a goal to create positive relationships and positive atmospheres in your life. You'd be amazed at how much your mental health can benefit from having just a little bit more positivity and empathy all around you. A couple of other little tips that I've picked up in the last few months are don't be too quick to judge. Listen first, then think about it from their perspective. You've all probably heard the expression, seek first to understand and then to be understood. A great way to think about it was mentioned by one of Ohio State's most famous head coaches. He said, you can never really pay back. You can only pay forward. And that was Woody Hayes who said that, if you couldn't have guessed from the intro there. We can't go back in time to fix bad things, but we can change how we act starting right now and continuing that into the future. Whether you donate your time or your money, paying it forward can be infectious, so never underestimate it. I don't have the magical solution on how to fix all the negative things that have added up over the years, but what I do know is that the power of individuals is underrated. What I mean by that is that even the tiniest change for the better can do more good than you might think. And that's where I would like to leave it. It's most often far easier to tear something down than to build something up. But let's take the road less traveled, as Robert Frost would say. I want to challenge everyone listening 
to be more open-minded in 2020 and to create positive change wherever they can. As always, if you have any feedback on this episode or topics for future episodes, shoot a note to splicepodcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Twitter at thatsojank. I'll be taking the next three to four weeks off to start planning for season three, and I'd love to hear your feedback. Let me know what you liked about this past season, or maybe some things that you think I should change that would make the podcast a little bit better moving forward. And there are a lot of other just as important issues out there for us to discuss. One thing I know for sure I want to change about next season is that I want to talk about the environment a little bit less. I know that people who really truly care about the environment are already on board and don't take much convincing, so I'll definitely try to tone it down just a tad. I definitely welcome constructive feedback, since that's what makes the podcast better. So don't hold back. See you in the next season.